Hello everyone, welcome to the Liverpool Echo Everton podcast. Uh, first one back after Christmas, so uh, well, belated Merry Christmas and all the best to you. Happy New Year. We're here this week, no Phil, Kirk Bride, just myself, Greg O'Keefe, Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. And a change of venue as well, if you can hear the uh, sort of 70s music <laughs> in the background. We're not on the set of an adult film, <laughs> we're, we're just... Which is a different, uh, a different location in Liverpool. So, start talking a couple of big moments while we've been away, and two big, massive games at Goodison, really, in terms of the draw, and then Wednesday's win. Starting with you, Tony, what have you noticed about the way Everton have been playing? It's it's interesting to see Roberto Martinez changing his philosophy over these last two fixtures that we've seen. It's been a lot more up and Adam type of style of football. The defending's a bit more mm-hmm. solid. Um, there's been a lot more aggression in Everton's play. Off the ball, it's been nice to see yeah. instead of more possession football. But it, what, what's surprised me more than anything is that it's changed the tactics to get more crosses in the box, which we've seen, obviously, um, Garibaldi's cross to, that led to Romelu Lukaku's goal on against Manchester City. That was that was a revelation for me, just to see a different type of Roberto Martinez philosophy on Everton, and it was refreshing to see. And I think the crowds are warming to it now. They've been begging for it for quite a lot of time now, so it really was pleasing to see, and long may it continue. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. That. It wasn't just that, it was the Spurs goal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which was a long ball to uh, Lukaku, wasn't yeah. it? And the nod down, which is the type of goal you don't really associate with uh, Roberto and his management. Uh, you know, management career, and it was sort of like watching having Duncan Ferguson up front. <laughs> yeah. I think we got, you know, with all due respect, probably a bit more options with Lukaku. And and I agree, and I think we just look a better team, more rounded team for it, to be honest with you. Um, not really um, going for the ticky tack of possession football, playing a bit more caging. I think defensively, though not, you know, 100% sound, there's certainly a bit of a, a bit of an improvement from what I've seen. I thought, sit on, on Wednesday, um, the, the impressive thing for me is we've been accused in the past of not, you know, um, being at the races on the really big games, big one-off games, you know, certainly under the previous manager. And it was refreshing to see that, you know, the yeah. players were up mm. for it and, and did themselves justice against a big team in a big game, which is not necessarily the case in, in the past, really. I think you could tell, couldn't you? I think if you, you know, we, we're there after games and we can see Martinez's body language and, and hear his... The rawness of his of his words when he first comes to the press conference in Goodison Park in the media lounge there. I think after the Stoke game, he was hurting. I think mm. you know he always puts a positive spin on things and he always kind of steals himself and, and puts a brave face on. But I sense that really that was the game that kind of maybe finally shook him out of. I'm not saying he's in any way abandoned his principles. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Mm. But I think if you listen to his words since he's spoken repeatedly about the soft goals. Uh, and with a bit of a bit of a kind of a menace, a bit of a, a bit of a yeah. spike in his voice. You know, these soft goals we've conceded it's too often. It's too. It's been too hurtful. And I don't think it's any coincidence that he's managed what we've seen as a subtle kind of change in the way they play. They're still playing in the final third. They're yeah. still getting it down. And as we saw it in City, second half against Tottenham, they're still playing the, fo- the free flowing football. But for me, it's at the right time. And the most important thing that I, I noticed against City was. When we were winning 2-1, they didn't go chasing the third and leaving themselves open at the back. They put the foot on it and they kept the ball. Yeah. Well, funny you should take it up on that, Greg, is that what I... what I think the only time we did do that is when we were 1-0 up and we had two... Probably it hasn't happened before under Roberto Martins that it was Everton's corner. 
that we got undone by. It was we from, did, we did concede we had too many, our own corner. We, we had too many men in the box for my liking. We're chasing that second goal like we did against Stoke, like the third goal. There's no need. We're You've got to win up. that game at home, know, though, you, surely. You, yeah, you're 1-0 up in the tie against Manchester City. Everton fans take that all day long. He was chasing the second, and the next minute Manchester City caught us on the break, one all different kettle of fish going into the second leg. I think sometimes you need to nip it in the bud. It happens against Stoke, and I don't want to keep him back into Everton's play. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think you've got to view the Man City game slightly differently about the style of the play because it was like the first leg of a two-legged cup tie, wasn't it? So yeah. though we kept the ball well, actually City were quite probably quite happy for us to keep the ball as long as we weren't threatening. And mm-hmm. you know we kept it well at the end. Uh, which perhaps in the league game if we win a 2-1 against City that might not necessarily be the case so they were quite happy probably just to keep it 2-1 which after all they may have taken that result before the start of the year the start of the night as Would well you say City so might, yeah? yeah you know because they've, they've got a lot of firepower on the main road they do, main road but you know, which was a main road <laughs> we're in a time walk sure, now yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, at the uh, Etihad um, tell us the first one after New Year can't it? Um, you know they do tend to score a lot of goals, don't they? You know, they, they don't very rarely do they keep it. You know, they score nil. So I think two one's not the worst uh, result for them. Albeit, you know, the away goals so that nobody appears to understand. No, <laughs> it comes into I play. think it's after extra time in the yeah. second, in the leg, second leg. Yeah. Interesting one with Gav saying there about City, whether or not they'll take that result and what Pellegrini makes it. I hate to sound pessimistic, so but my thoughts. Yeah, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Looking, we'll look at the second leg in more depth in, in coming weeks, but they can't be as lacklustre at, at home as they were in ta- in times at Goodison. I mean, I think he got out 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 thought by Martinez. I think his tactics were wrong on the night, really, yeah. and he should have went with pace from the start. Surprised not to see Sterling in there. Okay, brought on Navas, and that made a difference. But ultimately, I think we're going to face a much better City at, at, at Main Road, Gav. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we obviously, I think we are. They're going to have, I think Sterling will play in the second leg. But I think what's going to be interesting is how Roberto Martinez take to the second leg because we seen we were we went on two one in the Kiev game. Yeah, and he went oh, there with, had to go there, no, and, and he went yeah. with a totally different tactics. Went over to Kiev and tried to blow them out the water, and you know what happened there. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes about this second leg. So listen, a good point. We can yeah. we can sit on this. Do you know what I mean? We're two one up. You can come at us, and we can keep you Delafeu or a Lennon on the, the halfway break. line and hit yeah. them on the break because that's two Everton down yeah, to the ground I mean, for me. But there's another thing. I mean, that's three weeks away, isn't it? There's Ooh. a lot of football to be played and some big games now, including another game to, to Manchester. And I think the other thing that we need to, to factor in uh, to Wednesday night and also the games going forward is that we do pick. We start to pick up a few injuries, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. You know, to key players, and um, that's a, a bit of a worry, and, and and sort of part of the pitch where we're not exactly, you know, um, got lots of cover at the moment. Mm. You know, Seamus at right back and Rom um, as well, isn't and it? Rom, um, and I think you know we are thinking too far ahead about how we may play because we may not necessarily have the team on the night that what mm. what you think that we might have, um, and I think we just need to be conscious of that and our how we're approaching things going forward. Um, fortunately, you know, um, one or two players noticeably better have come into the team, haven't they? And, and uh, looked, uh, looked, you know, looked apart. To be honest with you, mm. over the, the sort of what two hours he's played against yeah. City and, and Tottenham, so that, that's encouraging. But it could be, and I, it could be. I hope it isn't a bit of mix and match over the next yeah. few weeks. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean. I think Sam had a bit of a moment, didn't he? Sam Allardyce about the amount of games that we've played, mm. yeah. and. Although, like you know, you do expect players to, to be professional and be available all the time. 
you know, coming off the back of a quite a uh, busy holiday period to be playing two games a week now. You know, I think it's up until the middle of February, isn't it? Because there's league games mm. in the middle of in, in the first week of February, well, isn't it? Isn't that you know? a sign of a successful team? If you want to win trophies, you've got to be able to adjust and adapt into different. Well, City have got the Champions League as well, yeah. yeah. And you know, and, and that might play into how they, we play, you know, how they regard the semi-final second leg against us. But you know, what's going to be a test of, isn't it, is the strength of the squad, but also whether. Do you think Roberto will bring somebody in in January? I know we said before Christmas, perhaps not, but bear in mind we've been a bit, bit short of covering some he's got areas. Do you think he'll be looking to bring a couple of people I think in? he's got to. I think he, he's, he's looking at right back. Uh, obviously, we're unsure how, how long Seamus is going to be out for. Three to four weeks is the very vague guidelines we've got at the moment for the manager. So it's such and go whether he's going to be able to, to play in the second leg anyway. Big loss. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got Tyus Brown and long-term injured. Tony Hibbert doesn't look like he's going to, you know, with respect to someone who's been a faithful servant, doesn't look like he'll kick a ball for the club again. So you're looking at like young lads, really. You know, your, your Penningtons yeah. in this world who play right back. John Stones will be thrown right back. I, I don't think he'll play him there. No. I don't think he'll he'll shuffle John Stones from the heart at defence to right back. It could be could be wrong, and that would be the most obvious option. Mm. But I'm not convinced he'll do it. I think he might look in the, in the chan- January transfer window to bring in some cover at right back, whether it's. I mean, Sam Byram's hardly cover, and we don't know yet whether it's is a Is he a right-back, is he, Greg? Is he a play, right-back? Yeah, traditionally, yeah. I know he's been playing the right wing for Leeds, but Martin sees him more of a right-back. Mm. So whether or not they'll look at trying to do a deal for him, I think Cellini, the Leeds chairman, said he's for sale. Yeah. But it's top dollar, isn't it, I believe? But it's big like, money. That yeah. want, well, I say big money, you know, it, for a club like Everton in January, mm. I think they, they want £8 million. So it's a lot of money to pay for you know a young right-back who's essentially, when Seamus is fit, going to be second fiddle, if yeah. you like. Mm. So we'll see, but they needed more cover in that before January. Yeah, you know, they yeah. needed ideally right back cover. I think. I mean, I think one of the problems we've had, and I've alluded to this before, is, um, and I think if you had this time again with the base, would maybe have done things differently. Is in the summer letting two centre halves go and only bringing one in. Um, mm. When we brought two right wingers in, you know, yeah. so we brought two, you know, and you know, um, that that absence of a fourth centre half. Has beginning to bite now because obviously Jags has been injured, so we've had no cover for the, the two lads who are there at the moment. And now the you know in normal circumstances, yeah. um, you'd ex- you know if Stones did go to right back, you'd expect a fit you know fit Jags coming yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. would be right. But actually, the fact that Jags isn't fit probably means, as you say, he'll keep Jones, uh, keep Stones at, at centre half. So I think. That absence of a fourth centre half has, has sort of been hurting us over the last sort of five or six weeks while Jags has been off, and, and, and that sort of uh, affected affected things as well. Would you say, Roberto, this would force his hand into playing a different formation at the back? He may go with the three centre halves at the back, Amari, Jagielch, and Stones, and then play two wing back, a Baines or a Lennon as such, is something like I that. I certainly would... see Lennon yeah. figuring as a wing back at some point. Mm. Yeah. I wondered, well, actually, Phil wondered whether or not. You might even see Lennon playing right back in, mm. you know, in the second leg, maybe. I mean, we've seen him play there at the past. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be ideal. But not going to be ideal at the back post or yeah. in situations like that defensively. Mm. You know, God willing, the best will, will in the world, the lad is a right winger, mm. a pacey right winger. He's not a right back, but he'll probably do a job there for you. 
I suppose if you're playing three defensive, like not defensive, you're playing three at the back, yeah. Three yeah. at the back, and then you've got your three yeah. type of holding midfielders that can get above yeah. the pitch. It could be. The other thing to bear in mind is anybody bringing in January, they're going to be cup tied as well for the, yeah, the well, second, yeah. second, could second be. leg. A lot yeah. of English players will be with yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's another thing to factor in. So I think, though, it's like I, I, Wednesday was one of the most enjoyable games at Goodison for, for many many years for me. Mm-hmm. But it was tempered at the end that. We did have come out of the game with two or three, two or three injuries. I think what was interesting as well is when we had the ten men for like the last five, ten minutes, that we kept the ball better than what we did with the eleven men. Yeah, I thought we were brilliant there. I, I thought we, yeah. we showed some experience and maturity that I've never seen good. from Everton. Seeing that we've just killed this game, stones head. Yeah, I think City really contributed towards that. I mean, you could, there was the clue and was that substitute at the end, wasn't it, where they took De Bruyne off, and I think they did bring Fernando in, yeah. which. Which is a defensive midfielder for an attacking midfielder. Mm. Now, and we're made down to ten men in the league game. They would never have made that substitution. Yeah, uh, you know they would have kept it throwing it on, wouldn't mm. they? Because they'd be chasing the equaliser. But in a in a two-legged league cup tie, yeah. uh, actually, where you actually two-one shoots us, actually it's it's probably a reasonable substitution to make. And I think the clue was in that substitution. Though we kept the ball well, I think we do have to. And I'm not like trying to be cheerless about it. I, I think you have to take account that City were probably quite happy just to. For us to keep the ball, but in like sort of mundane series of the pitch. But I thought we, we did really well on on Wednesday after uh, after a slow sluggish start. So I thought I thought people looked a little bit nervous at the, the start. So we rose to the occasion, mm. where there was a lot of misplaced passes and mm, sort yeah, of was. control wasn't great. And um, we sort of like the crowd sort of was a bit flattered. So both yeah. both the, the 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 crowd and the support, uh, the crowds and the players uh, uh, grew into the game. I think there was a really good point made by uh, I think it was one of the uh, one of the fans in in, in the Echo about um, the the club needed the game that enabled both the supporters and players to sort of bond again mm. and sort of get get that sort of relationship going after there's been sort of three or four dif- difficult yeah. home games. Yeah, no, definitely. I think yeah. just a quick one, so because you dipped out of the press box on Wednesday yeah. and you were back in uh, for a one-off like with the fans, weren't you? You, yeah. you went and sat. Um, in the main stand, obviously, in gathering the press box, and we can hear the fans just as well. But in a way, it is different in that experience being amongst media and you're doing your job, whatever. What was the atmosphere like from the stands, with with you know with your average Evertonians getting behind the team? Obviously, it's been a bit ropey in recent weeks. But how did you experience it? For the first twenty minutes, obviously, when Manchester City were passing the ball around, it was. There were some dejected Evertonians and they were screaming all kinds, you know what I mean? And obviously, you're going to get that every which way all around the ground you're going to get. But they were sort of like losing patience. And I think the key was you're playing against Manchester City, you're going to have to have patience, let them have the ball for a bit. And then when we have it, make sure we hurt them. Because to be honest, they didn't hurt us that much when they had the ball for the first 25 minutes. No. But Evertonians were becoming a little bit unrestless. And then as soon as the type of a Mo Bessage tackle goes in, it gets the whole yeah. crowd going. But what it did sense more than anything, I know we've been here with the goalkeeping situation in the past, the whole atmosphere and the confidence when Joel Robles was in goal was just unbelievable to see. It was so refreshing. The whole crowd were behind this lad and wanting them to do well. And I've seen a distance with Evertonians over the past six, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever we want to go with Tim Howard. But when this lad comes in, if he makes a mistake, it feels like the Evertonians are going, do you know what, so what? Trust yourself down and get on with it again, do you know what I mean? And it was so refreshing to see the confidence in the... And don't forget the defence as well. They, I've seen the defence. I've never seen them play like that before in their lives. Yeah, I think that was part... Part of the, the team was like that, wasn't it? You yeah. know, the defense was high intensity, and I thought, and the, and the midfield was. Like, I thought, 
and I know what you're saying about Rob Les, but you know, we he sort of got he's got to have a few games, I think, you know, before we finally decide on you know long term replacements because obviously. You know, it's well known that I think the manager is maybe perhaps looking at you know a long term alternative. Um, what well, what I did like about him on there on on Wednesday, he had one real good save to make, didn't he? And he made it. I thought that was a tremendous. And he parries it yeah. out. He didn't yeah. parry it yeah. back yeah. into the six yard box. Save. He parries an out set piece. Yeah. That's what I love about him. And what I did like about him, sorry to interrupt, Gav, no. is that he his distance. It was at like 89th minute, 90th minute. We were in there, and he just he, the oh, ball could go set. back to him. And he well, he's it was like a rugby kick, and it ends up in the gladiator's seat, and yeah. it killed a minute stone dead. And yeah. it was just so refreshing to see a lad's distribution, brilliant, and it relieved the crowd. And honest, it was just sent. I could sense it around me. It was just a joy to see these Evertonians experience a relationship with the goalkeeper that I haven't seen before. Yeah, did did you, did you detect a better relationship with just the team as a whole? You know, you know, in terms of backing the team. I know sometimes the longer the game the went box, on, you know, I wouldn't say for the first twenty-five yeah, minutes. No. I wouldn't say that. But the longer the game went on, when Everton grew more into the game and started getting the possession, getting balls in the box, getting the tackles in, the crowd obviously warmed to that because they've been used to that. Well, so you've already mentioned him. We sort of touched on him briefly earlier. Key figure in this, I think, has been Mo Besic. Phil spoke to him after the game. Uh, and I think we were just chuckling afterwards about how unruffled he is. Definitely a cult icon in the making, mm. if not already a bit of a cult hero. Uh, I think he was just saying to Phil... You know, it's just another day at the office, quite, you know, quite cool as they come. Uh, I love him. I think he's great. Yeah. He's much, much more than a destroyer. But so, what, what did you make him, Gav, as well, of Besic's? That was his best game for the Blues, surely? Obviously, yeah, that goes without saying. But what an interesting debate, which I've heard from Evertonians lately, is that, if you look at it, this may sound stupid, we've seen Mo Besic and we've seen James McCarthy. Who's offering more to the table here? Yeah? Well, as uh, in going uh, forward, yeah, yeah. don't forget. As Greg just made a good point there, he's a destroyer. He can get his, he can get his foot in. He's offering you more going forward. He's getting about the pitch more. Yeah, for I know. me at the moment, I'm going to counter every every James McCarthy because you know in the past I've said about James McCarthy that like I think he should be doing more. Now I think that James McCarthy can do everything that Bessie can do because you've seen with Wigan. I was like, say, look at his goals record. I think it was 20 goals in 150 games, so he scored one in every seven games. Yeah. To be fair to the team, that's not as good as ever. I mean, maybe in 100 games for Everton, I think he scored two or three. Yeah. So he's played a different role at Wigan, like more like the best role that he's not really done at Everton, where he's tended to, to, to play a little bit deeper. And my point about McCarthy is, I'm not doubting that he's a good player, but he should be offering more to the team. And... And I don't know why that is when Bessie can come in and do exactly, exactly the same. same yeah. I think that McCarthy's got that, got that in him. Do you think so? The range of passes. Do you think he's got that in as well? Not so much the range, but certainly look, McCarthy has on occasions gone up front and been very effective, hasn't he? You know, mm. like, you know, he's got his assists. His timing of his never, runs yeah, is decent against never, United. Yeah. Doesn't, my point is, he doesn't do that enough. Yeah, it's, not yeah. as if, it's not as if when he gets up there, he can't do it. He can do it, it's just getting him in and around. What's the box. stopping him then, God? What do you think? You don't know whether it's tactics, you don't know whether. You know whether he doesn't want to do it, you don't know. I think in the past he, he's hinted at tactics yeah. that he, he has he's had a very specific job to do from the manager, yeah. and maybe he's looking at it from the stands thinking, oh, you know, yeah. I'd love to be doing what Mo's doing there. Yeah. I'd love to have that remit he's got. Yeah, what? so I feel slightly uncomfortable having given James McCarthy a bit of hard time on that podcast yeah. <laughs> this season, actually now defending him. But going back to the Greg's point, I thought Bessie has been exceptional over the over the last two games, and he has. And there's a cut, he just hinted at it on 
on on Wednesday. He, he did do a couple of things that McCarthy's maybe not gone on his locker, but he put a couple of real slides, real passes inside the. Uh, That's what I'm yeah. talking about, back, really. You know, yeah. That, that, yeah. that sort of that vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah that maybe yeah. like James hasn't got, and it, I think maybe he didn't work out. But you could see the the eye for it. Looking at it now, yeah. so you looking at it now, he's done more in one and a half games than what. McCarthy's done for Everton this season, hasn't he? To warrant a start when McCarthy's it's fit, It's going to be difficult. I mean, i tell you what, though. What this points to is how well is Gareth Barry playing? Because in all these conversations I've read this week comparing Bessie to McCarthy, nobody has said our two, two midfielders should be Bessie to McCarthy. Yeah, I totally within, agree. Within that, completely agree. People are unfair yeah. and without really saying, well, Gareth Barry actually is as good as... The two of them at the yeah. moment, if not more effective. I love my hands yeah. up. I thought absolutely Gareth Barry was outstanding. I yeah. think he was right up there, especially against them yeah. Spurs. As and well, and to be fair, he's been outstanding. It's only since he's become captain. Whether I don't know whether something mm. something's happened, but I mean, I think he's been fine this season. But since becoming captain, he's displayed the best form he's had whilst at Everton. Now I don't know whether that's just a coincidence uh, or whether actually being captain sort of giving him a different mindset. To the game, yeah. uh, especially where he is, where he's banging in the middle of the pitch, where he can influence more yeah. things mm. more as a captain. Whether that's um, that's made him think about the game differently because he is experienced, and maybe those two things are not uncoincidental. I heard, you know? I heard talk sport the day they were talking about mid- Peter Taylor was on. They were talking to him about you know midfielders and from the, this day and age, and he actually picked out Gareth Barry, and he just said you know he'll love where Martinez plays him because he'll be in his element playing that position because he can see everything in front of him, but. It does to me look as if he's, he's not a very demonstrative fella. He doesn't exactly have a smile crack on his face and mm. high fives and all that. But I bet he is loving his football because I'm not saying the team's built around him, but he's the fulcrum of that team. Mm. And he's on song. He's nearly 35, mm. but touch wood, his body's great for him. He's getting him through games. There have been times when we've questioned his mobility, his ability to get around the pitch. In the past, that was an issue on the international scene. But for me, he's had like a new lease of life. Yeah. And, the range of his passing, his brain, he always seems to anticipate moves before they happen. Yeah. He's just been absolutely that sensational. And that sense. cross, well, uh, I thought it was Bain's yeah. effect. Yeah. 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 yeah, really good. So, I mean, that's definitely been one of the plus points. And I think it's great credit to, to, to the Beto making them the captain and sort of, it's obviously something's going on between the two that's really, you know, enabled Gareth to put up his game. And it's, it's, a great, it's a great credit to the both of them, I think. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what happens now if Jags comes back, yeah. how, how mm. whether Gareth sustains that level of performance. It'd be, I mean, when I'm, he's I'm not sure the he captain. Will. I'm yeah. sure he, I'm well, that shouldn't be will. an excuse, really. No, it shouldn't be, but it just should be interesting. Yeah. I wonder what, if that armband does give you a little, I, I don't know if it gives you an extra half a percent or, as yeah. you say, it will be interesting. Whether players look to you more and that, that gives you that little bit, you know, it shouldn't do with 35 because you've been around the block and you, should, you know, it shouldn't really be in hostility with confidence, but you just never know. It's just an intriguing little uh, yeah. thing that's going on at the moment you know one thing I'd like to ask you Greg is that obviously we've seen a new lease of life from this Everton team obviously from the Stoke defeat yeah. to the Tottenham performance and now followed up by the Manchester City performance <coughs> uh, obviously we don't know the ins and outs of what goes on behind the scenes do you think words have been said by the senior players at Everton in regards to how Everton are approaching games and how they're defending how, how they're playing well I mean I, I've read reports not from the echo so it's not something that that we know of uh i'm not sure it's happened the truth be told but i've read mm. reports elsewhere that i think it was crediting an unnamed dressing room source as saying after the stoke game you know 
they did go and speak to the manager and say, look, we're too open. The way we're playing is, is costing us, it's hurting us. You know, you're born with, obviously, the Stoke game, which was the most galling one. Yeah. Um, and it's stopping us taking that step forward. We've got to change our style in some way. And then, you know, coincidentally or not, there has been a sort of change in style. I don't think you've had a delega- delegation of players knocking on the manager's mm. door, going in and demanding change. I don't think it happens like that. What I think it might be was a bit more subtle transition whereby they have team meetings every probably every other day at Finch Farm and maybe the manager himself has said we're going to change and we're, and, and we're going to have to react to the way it's going and we'll evolve a little bit. I mean, Phil touched on it after the, after the Stoke game. I don't think... Say what you want about Martinez. I don't think that's down... The way that panned out was down to him urging them on to go and score a, a fourth uh, against Stoke. Stoke. Yeah, I don't think the manager said forget. You know, I think that's something that it might be as a result of, of his philosophy and the way he generally asked them to play. But I can't imagine him in that dugout at three two, saying forget about defending, just get, well, go and get another one, go yeah. and get another one. I would say that's a bit simplistic to think yeah. of it that way. But it wouldn't be his type of philosophy to say, listen... It might be part of the overall we're thinking. Two, we're 2 one up here with 10 minutes to go. Shut up shop. Let's start playing. Got a bad. He's sitting in front of the defence. Absolutely. He's not going to yeah. do that, is he? he Absolutely. So I he's think chasing the third. Something we've seen, we've seen is maybe rather than, like I say, you know, a scenario where the, the players have got knocked on his door and said, we've got to change. Mm. Maybe it's been a realisation from the coaching staff, which has trickled, which obviously they've said we do have to change because that's what I was getting back right at the start Martinez was hurt about those goals yeah. they conceded and I, I've got I've got no problem with stories that come out about players you know and yeah it's not just about Evan about going to see managers and saying about changing the style of play I mean I've got a problem if the manager doesn't take any notice of them <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's what a lot of, a lot of, Everton, a lot of Evertonians yeah. see Roberto as like a stubborn type yeah, of man that's I'm not, not going to change not, his ways not, so it is refreshing not, to see if that's the case I think sometimes it's painted as like sort of weak management that actually it's up to the players going to see it. but any business whatever you're operating in you know you're relying for feedback from your staff or people who work under or with you on, on performance you maybe think things could be done better so I've not got a problem with that and I don't think it's a sign of weakness under Roberto at all that mm. sometimes it's painted that as and if you need any great you know, any experienced or great managers, you know, books, they all say the same, like, you know, they mm. really value the input. Like like Ferguson from the senior players at Manchester United, you know, yeah. you know that, of, of, of how things are going, you know, because that's what they're there for. They, as you said quite rightly, they know more about what's going on the pitch in terms of close-up than what you, you do. So I've not, I've not got a problem, and, and if any change in tactics have come from sorts of conversations with the players and managers, I think that's like a good thing. It's a positive, thing. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's great. All, yeah, I, I think it, sh- it shows that there's a clear dialogue, and it's not just a dictatorial manager saying, yeah. this is my way of playing. Like, your Mourinho's, whereby then it leads to tension, which can be very, very unhealthy. But, yeah. I think those players are still behind, yeah. Mark. Well, I yeah. mean, just look down the road, down the M62 to uh, Old Trafford, for mm. examples, perhaps, of yeah. you know, what people say, actually, you know, players are not playing the roles that they want to play, and the manager's yeah. sort of dictating too much. So I, I've not got a problem with that. Uh, but at the same time, you do need to be flexible, don't you? So, you yeah. know, you need to, you know, be able to have two or three types of games, don't you? Possession football, you know, counter-attacking... You know, you know, a gay impression. You've got to be flexible. So, I think the tactics for the two games against Tottenham and Man City were were, were spot on. But mm. that may necessarily, if you play like say tomorrow, <laughs> for example, you may not want to sort of like be a cagey sort of yeah. defensive game against no, a team. Yeah, yeah. So you do need to be flexible. Mm. And 
I think it was welcome to see, and it's, I think it's been reflected in two good performances against uh, two yeah. very good teams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll probably see it again at Stamford Bridge. We'll probably see it. I mean, it'll be interesting, actually. Let's just put aside the FA Cup for a minute. We'll come back to that. But we're going to City again in the league. Now, before, of course, we go back, that's going to be a really interesting game for me. Speaking with just supporters hat on, I almost don't. I almost don't want to go there and win because it feels like you're wasting a, a performance yeah, and a win. Yeah. It sounds silly, doesn't it? But equally, if you do go there and get a result, then you know it should it should pave the way for the positivity to go there again. But we've had you know we, we've not under Martinez traditionally done very well at the Etihad. Now, obviously, under the previous manager, we did have a bit of an Indian yeah. sign over them going home and away. Yeah, but. So what you, what you make of that game will be an intriguing one, won't it? Really? It, it will. And as I said, it'll it'll be interesting to see both both teams' tactics during it and the plays that that will be used. And I, I, that's around sounds stupid, but I think managers will use it as a bit of a dress rehearsal for for the second leg. But the league for me is as more important as the second leg because seek for argument's sake, Everton go there and get don't get a result in the league, they're going to find themselves in 13th, 14th position more than yeah. often than not. And before Big you know it, to and then, you, then well, you go you know to Stamford I mean? Bridge yeah. and the next minute you're relying on your whole season depending on a semi-final away at Manchester so, well, City. potentially two games because you can still go and get beat in the final and you get nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So Everton desperately, desperately needs yeah. results here against and, Manchester And City. it goes past what I, at the start, you know, this is where like, the squad's got to come into play. If you have got a few injuries, it'll be interesting to see how, how City play it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a bit of a, a bit of a funny one. I was playing next it's week. Weird, I was play yeah. like because I don't recall because you don't really play to like a domestic football. Um, mm. So I, you know, it's very rare that you'd play a team between two legs of a domestic game. You know, I think so. you'd be able to tell me this one, Gav. I think we played Chelsea a couple of weeks before the final. I'm sure. I think we that beat Stamford Bridge, Stamford Bridge yeah, before yeah. the final in '09. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was a nil-nil draw, was it? Yeah, but that was yeah, it was, and that was a very cagey game. That was just mm. the week after the it was the Wednesday after the semi-final, wasn't yeah, it? Against was, Man yeah. United, um, but but we weren't playing the final at Stamford Bridge, isn't it? This yeah. is two games at the the, yeah. uh, the Etihad, and they said, "Mate, no, there again, <laughs> like you know." But so it's a, it's it's a slightly different dynamic. So it will be interesting to see what happens, and. Um, yeah, you, you take a draw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely but, take a point at the yeah, yeah. yeah. But as Tony says, you can't afford to disregard the, the oh, league no. games in between because we're already off the pace. You know, all right, the points at Tottenham probably just kept us just about the going concern. But the right. league, the, this this pattern of the league looks like it's not going to change. Those top five spots, bizarrely for a team that's been as diffident as us in the league, they're still not beyond us. No, they're not. But what's concerning me, Greg, is your Norwiches and Bournemouth and West Broms are creeping up right behind you, and they're gaining points where they used to be West nine. nine up where they used to be nine yeah. points, it's now it's five and fours, and you go, so geez, when, do you know what I'm going to start saying? We're now we're now closer to, to the sort of. You're looking over your shoulder now, aren't you? The yeah. top seven, which is interesting. And I always think a good uh, good example of that being really beneficial was uh, when we won the cup in '84, and uh, we released the League Cup uh, final. Uh, um, our league form during that period was really, really good. Howard's, you know, at a time when the players could have been slack, you know, slacking off a little bit. Um, you know, Howard sort of developed the system which enabled us to win the title the following year, so we didn't slack off at all. We hardly lost in the league mm. in during that those two really good cup runs. And you know, uh, you're hoping for the defeat yeah. uh, this season yeah. that you know demand the players that it's all about the league as well as, as well as yeah. the cup. So. Um, I, I think you're right. I mean, 
you don't want to be throwing the entire season around the second leg game with the no the chance. Yeah, no yeah, chance. Yeah, you know. no chance. I want to touch on one incident, which you know it, it has been a few weeks since we've uh, since we podcasted, and it was the Tottenham game, and um, it was John Stones. Now, obviously, there was the incident which we're all familiar with now when he's getting hounded and chased down his own area, and he decides, as is his his want and his, as is his ability, to do a few Cruyff turns to try and get away from the attention of the Spurs sub. Uh, the lad who's come on trying to press him down yeah. and obviously there's been a few kind of moans and groans and kind of howls of not there from the park end and maybe the, the Bullens there and he's turned around as we've all seen and heard and he's told them to calm down now, so if there's a John Stones fan club you're the thousand member <laughs> you, you've got all the badges you're not sharing the badges yeah. with anyone fully and, paid uh, member yeah exactly but I'm interested to hear equally you know what do you make of that gesture it's See, what you've got is 35,000 fans. Well, not 35,000. See, you've got the park ends. A couple of fans screaming at him. This young kid telling him how to play football, telling him what to do. Wouldn't that be funny? This is one of the best centre-halves you're ever going to witness in your lives here. Take it from me. And, and if he wants, you'd say yeah, this And if he him. wants to do two or three Cruyff turns nah. in his box, so be it. Did he lose the ball? No. If, oh, That's he might not the done. point. It's not yeah. ifs, but to me. Oh, he didn't. Listen, what was the alternative? Either kick it out into Rosette, kick it up to Lukaku, who's isolated at the time, and <laughs> it comes back in, or roll it back to Tim Howard, who he loses possession then. He kept the ball and won it a free kick. It's not a... I don't know if you saw Jamie Carragher's analysis of it, right? I think he was spot on. After you've done the second turn, he could have got rid of it then, and there was an option. He could have well, picked could... out one midfield, or he could have sent it to Lukaku. It's Jamie Carragher, He's been holding balls up for fun all season. That was the point at which, all right, you've done your, your turns, you've had your composure, you've picked out an angle on the pass, send it then. By the third one, you were taking an unnecessary risk for me. And this is, by the way, this is a defence that had just conceded four the week before. So you're saying so this, Jamie t- Carragher, who literally, as a footballing defender, couldn't come close to John Stones. That's so if he was enabled... That's not the point. No, that's, that's unfair, what, I think. What, that's not the point. Well, what's yeah. the point then? No so one, he shouldn't no be doing one it can then. come close no. to John Stones. And yeah. as you said... No one sat there in the park end. So John what did Stones. Jamie Carragher want to do then? Boot it into the stands or no, no, boot it wrong? No, as I've just said, after the second time, right? Yeah. That's when he needed to get rid of it or to play a pass or to make a decision. But there was no other offering. There was a, there was a throw in to kick it out into touch, roll it back to Tim Howard and lose, lose possession or boot it up to Romelu Lukaku who had two, three plays well, he, around John, him. What's hang on a sec. If, if John Stones is so good, which he is, he's not booting it up to anyone. He, he's, but he did that from time to say... He, He'd done two or three cruise turns, turns him, and three. was about to yeah, three, one too many. And, yeah, and come away with the ball, and that had fouled him. It was one so too many. And who's he to turn round? All right, he's John Stones. Yeah. But paying punters, who's just seen that defence with him in it, yeah. who, by the way, conceded a last-minute penalty, yeah. conceded four. Wrongly, natural, in my opinion. I probably agree with you. Yeah. It's debatable whether it was a penalty, but it was given. You know, it's natural to feel nervy. And for him Why to turn around yeah. for him to turn around and say, Calm down, it's smacked the patronising for me. And you don't do that to your own no, fans. I, I Not when you're a twenty one year old lad. Yeah. But, yeah, I think do, do you know what, right? I'll have to throw an interesting point. No, if John Stones does this when he's playing for Barcelona or Real yeah. Madrid and he's doing Cliff turns on the edge of his box and spraying yeah. passes 30, 40 yards, what are them Barcelona and Real Madrid fans going to be doing? Are they going to be having if he a goal? Are they going to be having a goal? After they've conceded four yeah. to Alicante. Oh, yeah, all four goals went down to him. All four goals went down to him. I'm not saying they were, but he was part of back four that conceded four. Any of these Cliff turns or coming out of the ball with possession, have any of them cost us goals before? No, but it's the potential to, though. But it has, and until it happens, yeah. But until it happens, yeah. I'll chew on that. Then, but first, it isn't. first of all, do you two 
Sydney corner meant for the air. Like, <laughs> but while you two are like getting your uh, glasses of water, doesn't <laughs> feel, and I'll, uh, I'll put my two penny worth in. No, well, you won't and see a player like this in your lives I, again. I, I know, I know what you're saying. Enjoy him. I, I know what you're saying, Tope, uh, but I'm on Greg's side 100% hey. here and everything. And, Get out, Tom. Yeah. I'm not... <laughs> Uh, well, you won't have that worry in a couple of years' time. I think, no, big yards up defensive, it down I, think, pitch. I think, I think, and I think Jamie Carragher, who I like to think knows a little bit about defending, yeah. uh, to be fair. But does he know about yeah. football and defence yeah, as but, in a footballer but, but say, coming out with the ball? Well, of course, he does, but that's of course what he, he says. You're allowed. I've never seen him do it. Yeah, but that doesn't matter though. But he, he, he's saying you you give yourself an opportunity to do, do two turns. He didn't say never do it. Yeah. He said give yourself the opportunity to do it twice, and if you still like, but they were still not on They were still the same but situation. I was just, no. I just got it away, and I, and, but, and also as well, the time was it right near the end as well. Yeah. It was right near the end, so it wasn't as if it, we were winning three 0 with it's ten minutes left. What he's just said before it was, himself. It was one all. Hanging on to so, one all draw, was we? So he's. So I, I think I, th- I that's think two one. I think there's two things. I think he should have cleared it. And I was also slightly uncomfortable with the reaction, but I would let him off there considering he's a, a young lad and he's a top player. But you won't have and this worry in a couple of years' time, will you? When you've got a yard dog centre half, pinging balls forward. Because that's what you've been used to. Obviously, we're going to have to go You yard will, honestly, listen, this, this player that we've got, cherish him and appreciate him. And because everyone, everyone does. Yeah. So yeah. everyone does. And, and I think that's no right. Because he does two or three clean teams. You, you, like, you would like to think that that was probably one of the reasons why supporters got on to him, because they didn't want to see him make a mistake. And I think that's the thing. You know, well, I didn't don't see no one having a go at him when he was taking three or four Crystal Palace plays on the other week on the yeah, his own area. Yeah, but I didn't see anyone having a go at him when Costin and Fabregas run at him in the six-yard box and he dropped the shoulder and done two of them then. Yeah, so what's the difference? But, well, the difference is it's the time of the game and where it happens. And and also, as Greg said, the sort of like the atmosphere is slightly different in the Spurs game, perhaps what it was in a couple of games before. So, uh, I, 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 but it's a, it's a point that you're making, uh, and I think it's I think that's a valid point as well. But I, I think Jamie Carragher was right, and uh, even though we do share the same birthday, so I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I, that's not the point. Um, but I th- and I wanted to see him clear it, but you know I don't think we should at the same time try and stop his like natural football instincts. No he way. Like a I think we're going to go to the judges' cards. It's a unanimous yeah. points win. West Derby. No yeah, West yeah. Derby <laughs> beats beats Walton. <laughs> Taxi yeah. for Scott, no chance. Delta's outside. Yeah. Not yeah. having it. Go. Not having having it. it. Yeah. Go, go. Not having it. Yeah, I mean, and uh, we'll have a rematch perhaps. Uh, yeah. You know, well, going back to that point about if you just have for Barcelona, would you be getting that same? I, I don't think what you're saying. I understand the why the point you're trying to make, but if you did it for Barcelona, the week after Barcelona, let's just say I'd concede, I'd conceded four to Sevilla, and it was at the new camp. And yeah, I think he'd get cushions. Cushions launched in his head. And, and, it, was, and so. it was the last minute and it's won all against Real Madrid. I think, well, we weren't, I think, play, but we weren't no, playing but, Tottenham at home. Yeah, okay, so I top team. Title chasing Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham, you know, so I think... Uh, yeah, they'd be loving him. They'd be loving him. And if John Stones does that on a Merseyside derby, I think he'd get the same 60 reaction. 60-year line out of one of the two of the Liverpool yeah. players. Clive Tains on his box, coming up, ready to come out the ball. The Everton fans will be loving I tell you him. What, he does love John Stones, doesn't he? I mean, you know, he's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm having the last word. I'm going I'm I'm to insist on the last word here, Gav, yeah. because everyone loved him taking the urine yeah. with two Clive Tains. That was yeah, lovely. That's right, yeah. The third was unnecessary. We're going to move on. We're going to now talk about their fake up <laughs> and tagging him and tagging him tomorrow. It almost yeah. feels as if. And, I'm just going to sound like the FA Cup is rightly over the more recent years. People have kind of insisted that we have a lot more respect and 
and affection for what's been a, a massive competition. But I'll be honest with you, my feelings about tomorrow is like, so what? Just mm. well, just don't get beat for the start. Yeah, just get uh, through. And, and don't I, care how you do it. Get yeah, through, and it? I think it's a bit of a, after the Lord Mayor's show, and it also be interesting to see what our team is uh, for tomorrow. I know we've slightly alluded to that previously, but. Um, Dagnum and Redbridge there, right near the bottom, aren't they? Of the, yeah, the so and seeing yeah, that John so. Stills just taken over and they got a result last week. So they got a bit of confidence in the in the team. Yeah. But I think he's obviously it'd be interesting to see Greg, you probably know as much as, as me and Gav do. Maybe throw a couple of kids in the squad tomorrow. I think we're probably gonna see, like I said earlier, Penn like said Pennington coming at right back. I wouldn't be surprised if Conor McElhenney gets involved, obviously come back from his loan period. Didn't go as well as he would like, I'm sure. Um and he's someone who I think is a really young lad, loads of ability, but probably had a make or break time in his Everton tenure yeah. now. I think if he's ever going to achieve the transition into being a regular first team player, he's going to have to seize the opportunity if he does get it tomorrow with both hands. Um, you know, Jaggy Elka coming back will be an interesting one for me. My big fear without sounding like a pessimist again is that when you've had that sort of serious knee injury, as we've seen in the past, a player can come back and they'll get adrenaline and stuff that might get them through an hour. And I just hope he doesn't pick up any niggles because we'll need him going into, you know, if, as Tony said, he might, you know, Martinez yeah. might well play Stones at right back. So we're going to yeah. need Jagielka and Mori fit. So we can't afford to pick up any other big injuries. And that's a concern tomorrow. Yeah. Um, whether he'll go even more and literally put out the under-21s, maybe you can't afford to take that risk because we We've got to beat Dagenham, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say so what, but obviously I want to be in the half of the next round because yeah. you need to be, really. Yeah, yeah. We're no, not going to win the league, are we? So? you play a couple of the fringe players? Your Gibson, McGeezy, Naismith? I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Mm. Because don't forget, he's talking about getting out, getting McGeezy and Gibson out on loan this month, which brings me to actually... Uh, well, you've reminded me there. Just one point, though, on that. Would that cup, Would you want a cup tie any players? It's Everton. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I only care about Everton getting through to the next round. No, but yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, true. Yeah. But I think what sure, you, that are you not saying it, it might make it harder to get the loan deals. If you want a loan deal to another Premier League club or well, any English club, any English club or whatever, if they played in the FA Cup, it might not do. Might not do. To be honest, it's just something that you don't really see. They did the Yalovich, didn't he? Yalovich's last game was in the FA Cup, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. A couple of years ago. Couldn't he, score for love, no money. He, yeah. he was well well known that he was going. He yeah. still played. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I what you reckon about that? Just quickly. I mean, uh, obviously, Gibson, fantastic footballer, eye for a pass, almost unparalleled. But can't stay fit. McGeezy just looks like he's he's not really an Everton player, despite his ability in flashes. And the manager talking about sending them out on loan, so rather than looking for permanent moves. What's the point in sending Aidan McGeezy out on loan? What are you going to gain from I think that? The feeling is behind the scenes there is that. He hasn't quite give up on him. I think he might think, you know, that if he goes out there and plays consistently for another club, they might get him back in a better frame of mind. But my question would be, well, he can't get into the Everton team now, so it sounds he's to me he's got a no bit... chance even if he comes back with a refreshed mind and form under his belt. So no, not for me. Gibson, I can understand the Gibson one due to injuries. I can understand that one. Maybe he gets a couple of games under his belt and comes back and maybe forces his way in the Everton team. Because don't yeah. forget, the lads a good player. Don't forget, we don't, oh, we don't, yeah. we haven't, we don't see it often enough as what what we'd like to. But the lad, he can pass. Oh and yeah, he's a really you good know, midfielder. I was, read, I was reading uh, Alex Ferguson's last book and he was saying about you know the four all game at uh, Old Trafford and he said Gibson turned that game. Yeah. He said he was again. Uh, Ferguson 
that's the game in his career. He's absolutely gutted about the most of all. Really? Yeah, because it turned the season. season yeah, totally said, like, Manchester City. Yeah, and he was saying, like, when Gibson came on the pitch, I knew how dangerous he was with his passing and, like, ability to move the ball around the pitch. And I told uh, a couple of the players just to get close to him during, during the last 20 minutes. And he didn't. And if you see, like, the last 20 minutes, I think we scored, I think we scored three in the last 20 yeah. minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, he had a role in. Yeah, all of the goals, yeah. yeah, because United didn't press him. So he's a quality player. We know that. His problem is he's not fit. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether the Euros comes into this about whether they want a game time between now and the Euros yeah, as well. Whether that's one of, one of the one of the other reasons for sending them out on loan. Perhaps mm. there's a bit of pressure. Like if we can't play forever, can we play somewhere else to get mm. get some game time? Greg, are we going for predictions tomorrow? Predictions right? indeed. Yeah. So Dagenham and Redbridge FA Cup third round. So score. Um, three, three nil. I think it'll be three nil, Evan. I, I mean, I think young or, or old, whatever team we put out at Goodison Park, good atmosphere in the last couple of games. I think we'll no problem roll Dagenham over four nil. Yeah, I, I'm going with three nil. Uh, hopefully, the centre half doing a few crew turns in the last minute when he can got mm-hmm. that, you know, got the time, time and uh, time to do that. But uh, yeah, it'll be a, uh, I think a three nil. Um, do you want a quick staff for tomorrow? Yeah, I always no. want to start off you, Gav. You know, Jamie Kiordison's playing, isn't he, for Dagenham and Redbridge yeah, yeah. tomorrow? Like, you know, I think I know that's coming here. No, he's 21 year career, hasn't he, against Everton? Because he, right, so you know, the other two players have got careers of 21 years or more against Everton. No, I can only think of two more Ryan Giggs yeah. and Peter Shilton. And what have all them three players got in common? Made the debut against Everton. All three of them also made the debut against yeah, Everton. Remarkable. Yeah. There's yeah. a staff for you. Yeah. Have that. Right, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back, obviously, much more regularly now uh, through the festive period. Uh, we'll be back next week, either before the City game or later on in the week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Ik omdat het mooi, maar omdat het kan.